0: Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. We're back for a second helping of Intertraffic this week on Highways Voices as we chat to industry leaders about, among other things, traffic management, modelling and the next generation of connectivity on this week's Highways Voices. Highways Voices, in association with partner organisations Elkrig, ADEPT, the Transport Technology Forum and ITS UK. So welcome again from me, Paul Hutton. Today we return to the exhibit floor at Intertraffic, where we talk to more of those, showing off the latest innovation and even some new brands during the huge show. So you'll hear from Unix Traffic, Amesun, Caps, Smart Micro and Vera Mobility today, as well as, of course, our partner news. But let's get going straight away with the programme and some of the stories you can read on our website with Adrian Tatum.
1: And news this week from the Highways News daily newsletter and website includes the fact that Edinburgh City Council has opened applications for its roads and transport Structure construction framework which has a combined value of 101.7 million it is renewal of a framework that was last refreshed in 2018 with contractors including tarmac colax mckenzie construction and other companies having won places this time around there are 13 lots in the framework and contractors are permitted to, to submit tenders for all of them the council is looking for up to six contractors on each lot starting later this year they will all last for 48 months and are not subject to renewal all tens will be judged 30% on quality and 70% on pricing. Elsewhere, 31 county, city, regions and unity authorities have been chosen for funding to level up their local bus services. This is the latest award from the Government Bus Transformation Programme. Including earlier awards, just under two thirds of England's population outside of London will benefit from new investment to make their buses more frequent, more reliable, easier to understand, cheaper and greener. Improvements will also include integrated ticketing and more bus lanes to speed up journeys. The successful areas have been chosen because of their ambition to repeat the success achieved in London, which drove up bus usage and made bus a natural choice for everyone, not just those without cars. Uh, Elsewhere, Tees Valley Mayor has outlined a raft of transformation programmes across the region, that will be funded through the 310 million secured from government to invest in local transport priorities. Stations across every borough will receive a share of 86.5 million, with investments in Darlington, Middlesbrough and Billingham. The two stations at Teesworks, Southbank and British Steel Redcar, will also be enhanced, as will the transport links and access to them. This is in addition to line speed and capacity improvements, as well as park funding to resolve issues in certain areas where low bridges and tunnels restrict the size of freight on the line.
0: Remember, when it comes to highways and transport technology news, we really are the only place you need to go for everything you need to know. We are highways-news.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn and sign up to our daily email at the bottom of our homepage so you can get all the news into your inbox every lunchtime.
2: SWARCO improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient and environmental. Mentally sound. From software as a service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too. Find out how Swarco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swarco, the better way, every day.
3: Highways Voices
0: with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Unix Traffic were exhibiting at Intertraffic for the first time under their new brand, since they were spun out by Siemens. So let's start our chats from Intertraffic in Amsterdam by finding out their plans with CEO Markus Schlitt.
4: It is a quite rapid evolution in our portfolio, but it is not direct linked to the decision to, to form a new brand because we started this journey about three years ago. So even before we announced the carve-out and the independency of UNEX, we already started to, to, um, to work heavily on the transition and transformation of our portfolio into the system architecture of a three-layer um, um, architecture covering the field layer as well as is it all the way up to the traffic management layer. And This is, this is now unique what we present We think we are leading edge uh, with with this homogeneous system architecture um, here on the inter-traffic, but but that is not not done because of UNEX. so we started that.
0: Now looking around at the different pictures we've got on the stand, we've got cycling, we've got driving, we've got public transport. How are you integrating all the different modes into
4: one seamless mobility solution? See, this is exactly what, what we realized. We, we said if a, if a city really wants to, to get in the driver's seat in operating the road network, we need to start communicating and what we mean with that is we have to integrate between all the different stakeholders at any given time. So there is a bicycle rider, there is a pedestrian, there is a truck driver doing the deliveries, and there is a car driver going to work, there is a bus for public transport, and all the different stakeholders have their own needs. And if you want to orchestrate such a network, you need to start connecting with each other and communicating and exchanging information. And um, this is actually the the, the basic starting point for our traffic management platform where we said we want to have an open architecture, an open platform, we want to connect all the different stakeholders um, with different devices like a pedestrian via mobile phone um, or the the public transit bus operators with a telematic system inside the buses and, and creating a digital meeting place, a meeting room where every in the first step everyone is is chipping in and joining in and 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 expressing their interests and their needs and we exchange information that is basically um, traffic management platform 1.0 and what we start with and um, getting everyone engaged and on board and exchange information and in a step 2 we are building on functionalities to Proactively manage and orchestrate the system to keep it in balance and to make sure that at any given time all the stakeholders get their right of way, their their degrees of freedom, that mobility is floating nicely through the road
0: network. You've got your subsidiary, Ameson, which does the transport modeling. important is it to start to put in future predictions in near-term and longer-term as part of the overall real-time solution?
4: We think it is absolutely crucial and fundamental because we think if you want to do, if you want to make wise decisions, you want to act even before certain incidences and situations actually occur. That's why we think it is pretty important that you are able to look a little bit into the future how how traffic will most likely um, actually uh, occur and then you can act before it actually happens so in other words today we we can observe this with, with current technology we can observe that there is a traffic jam building up and we might even find out what the main reason is for that and then we can act but it is uh, it is reactive because the traffic congestion already appeared if you if we are able to look Advance with simulation and prediction, and we can see that in an hour, congestion will occur. We already can act as it would have been there and try to avoid, so it never actually happens. And this is um, what we think um, very, very exciting, and also um, will help to to get uh, um, to to solve a lot of the congestion problems because we can act upfront and not after your next traffic CEO Marcus Schlitt there and we touched on
0: Aimsun so let's pick up on their story fixing traffic jams before they happen let's find out more about what they're doing with new CEO Alex Torday
5: I took over first uh, of February uh, Alex Geridimus uh, went for other endeavors uh, so yeah it's pretty new but very excited and um, I've been very happy to uh, build up uh, the new relationship with the team as a, as a CEO and that was coupled with my return from 10 years in Australia uh, where I worked and now we have Scott Aitken, the new managing director in Sydney that is taking the business there so I can focus on, on the headquarters.
0: Yeah, because it's not as though you're new to AimSun the business, It's uh, you've been part of it for a long time now.
5: Yeah, definitely. I'm. I'm uh... With Amesun since now 17 years. And even before, I was a PhD student using Amesun, and I was already complicating the life of my uh, colleagues and still colleagues on using the tool. So it's a very long history, yes.
0: Tell me what it's like to be working in traffic simulation at the moment, given that authorities were turning to you for help in planning active travel solutions and delivering that without the face-to-face meetings that you were used to you kind of rose to the challenge
5: but it must have been quite tough it was tough but at the same time i think it's about convincing some of the new clients of all the advantages of transport modeling i think with all the existing clients we have seen that we have such a a complicity and an understanding of each others needs and what we can supply that it wasn't that complicated uh, over these last two years in terms of once you have already uh, um, a relationship that exists then teams meeting even with time differences and, and, and time zones worked better than I expected to be honest but obviously when it's it's about Convincing people of the benefits of investing in transport modeling, what it brings to you, etc. There's nothing better than being in the same room and showing a screen, a whiteboard, brainstorming. Yes, that's definitely something uh, we were missing.
0: My degree, even though I'm a a journalist now, my degree was in mathematics. And so... I did lots of optimization and operational research and things that used what would be for, for you and your team very basic modeling to, to predict outcomes. But I kind of get the value of doing things in a virtual world beforehand. But there's still a kind of feeling that transport modeling is a bit of a dark art. Um, how do you get people to actually understand that doing things virtually first can help them? avoid making mistakes and so when they actually do stuff out in the real world they could they can be confident it's going to work
5: well I think more than a dark art I mean it's, it's really about conveying what are the assumptions and the hypotheses that are uh, behind it as we always say a model is never perfect that's why it's a model it's about to be very transparent of what is behind and especially the different assumptions Uh, Modeling can be very complex and very overwhelming. We use a lot of different level of simplifications, going to micro-simulation, meso, macro. We are now more and more uh, loading our models with extra machine learning and AI on top of it. Not in competition, sometimes a bit tired of people always putting simulation and data-driven in competition. It's complementary. The, the, The reality here is, now we see a, a convergence between the planning and the operational, where people really need to be able to put some, some numbers about action they are taking in the long term, mid term and very short term. And there is also a diversity of KPIs, of performance indexes. Before everybody was talking just about, can you just do travel time measurements? Because that's what I want to do, is people saving time. But now what we have seen in the industry, which I think is, is really great news, is that we are talking about more, let's say, sustainability, consumptions of energy, uh, pollutants. So you have a complexity of the number of different KPIs that are not that easy to measure in the real world. So having these virtual worlds in which you can control and measure all these different parameters is, is becoming critical.
0: And you've touched on something that I particularly love and it's won awards in the UK, it's won awards in Australia, which is your ability to predict traffic jams before they happen and therefore mitigate against
5: them so that they don't happen. Yes, so that's the line of product that we call Live, which is real-time operation in which what we're doing is by a combination of AI and simulation what we are trying is to monitor tendencies of the traffic in the next hour or two, based on the circumstances in terms of the network situation, the demand increase of demand, decrease of demand, depending on the on the day, the weather, and a lot of different factors. And essentially, you compare these with the expected situation for for same day, for same time of the day, and you raise alarm of saying. If you do nothing, we see that there might be a congestion on the on-ramp of this motorway starting half an hour from now, and it can be, for whatever reason, uh, a lane that is closed for road work and that the operators haven't really uh, assessed the potential impact if the demand is higher than on a normal day. So we are raising these alarms so that the operators have half an hour to make decisions or rerouting part of the traffic somewhere else or stopping uh, the closure of the lane if it's not like a heavy uh, road work, like people changing a VMS Well, you just say guys can you just evacuate for the next two hours and come back later to finish your work so that we avoid this congestion just example like this so it's really about anticipating what are the the possible congestion that will happen in the network to react before they happen indeed.
0: We are Highways Voices and that's Alex Torday there, an experienced Ameson figure who now has the top job. We'll hear from Sarah this week with our partner news in a few minutes but firstly let's introduce Smart Micro, a company known in the UK through its distributor Smart Video and Sensing who are doing interesting things with detection as
6: founder Ralph Mende explains. We design, we develop and we make manufacture high-performance radar sensors for traffic management. Well, radar sensors have uh, one uh, massive advantage, and that would be that they're above-ground sensors, so you don't need to cut any, any loops, you don't need to destroy the pavement. With one single radar sensor, you can actually replace up to 64 loops, so it's also a very efficient technology and uh, cost-effective. When you say about replacing the loops, so
0: that means that, for example, a single radar that's at a set of traffic lights, what sort of distance can it judge queue length and so forth?
6: Well, our radars work up to 200 meters, so um, we can can use them for detecting uh, traffic participants at the stop bar uh, and out to 200 meters. That means it's also good for what we call advanced detection can not only detect the first row of vehicles at the stop bar but it can also detect the queue lengths and uh, uh, do advanced detection but you can do much more with a radar you can not only detect the uh, motorized traffic but it's also possible to, uh, to detect the uh, vulnerable road users pedestrians bicyclists and so on those are classified and detected uh, and with this information provided to the traffic controller You can do um, not only uh, adaptive traffic lights, but you can also implement measures to protect such vulnerable road users by extending red or green faces or similar.
0: You actually beat me to it. I was going to ask you about active travel. So is this something that you were preparing anyway, or is this something that you introduced uh, as a reaction to the two
6: years we've had with COVID? We originally started with a mission to replace the inductive loops to offer a cost-effective solution for traffic detection. But then we found that uh, the data that our radars can, can provide, which is the, uh, the position and the speed vector, the class of uh, up to 256 objects at a time, in real time, that set of data is so rich that it can serve for many more applications. Than just stop our and advanced detection you can you can um, count the traffic you can build statistics and you could even broadcast such data the real-time traffic data per object you can broadcast that to the connected vehicles and allow them to avoid accidents so there are many applications uh, for which our sensors are good and um, while the Usual business today is the, we say, simple loop replacement. There are many more. There's many more possible ad- applications for the future. Ralph
0: Mende of Smart Micro at Inter Traffic There we got Vera Mobility and Catch to come. But first, let's hear from Sarah with our partner news. Highways Voices with the latest news and events from our partner organisations: ITS UK,
3: Elcric, Adept. And the Transport Technology Forum.
2: While you're listening to chat from InterTraffic, let's start our roundup with some positive feedback from ITS UK members. NavTech Radar Managing Director Philip Avery said he had many conversations on the stand with the right people, while Managing Director of Westco Tech Chris Spinks said the event exceeded expectations. Ian Hind, AGD's commercial director, said the international makeup of the visitors opened up a larger number of opportunities around the world. And new Ameson UK managing director James Daniels commented how the event allowed him to spend time face to face with so many colleagues while really understanding the needs of the company's existing and prospective customers. Geoff Collins, deputy managing director of Unoptic, joked that it took ages to walk anywhere because you struggled to walk from one side of the hall to the other without bumping into several people you know. And Clearview Intelligence's Managing Director Nick Lanigan said he enjoyed meeting up with so many contacts face to face again and to host meetings with partners from the Netherlands, Scandinavia, the Czech Republic, Canada and Australia so conveniently. While we're talking about events, transport industry professionals are being invited to sign up to the Transport Technology Forum Conference, which takes place in Liverpool next month. It brings together government, local authorities, suppliers and academia to tackle the challenges of using emerging technology to deliver better local roads. It showcases best practice and innovation in the use of technology – and outlines government policy and is a key event for practitioners in local authorities and their supply chains interested in harnessing the potential of technology to deliver improved local highway services. People can register their interest in attending at ttf.uk.net, where they can also see the latest agenda and find out about sponsorship and exhibitor opportunities, as well as a technical visit to the Mersey Gateway traffic tolling operation. The local council roads innovation group, Elkrig, hosted a conference in Blackpool last week which showcased the fantastic work carried out on Project Amber. The event, held in the Grand Hotel in Blackpool, was exceptionally well attended by local highways authorities who all wanted to learn more about how they could access this innovative framework. President Will Britton got the conference underway and described the entire journey so that the attendees could appreciate how Elkrig had arrived at Project Amber. Other presenters addressed opportunities, benefits, procurement concerns, research and testing and KPIs. And the event also heard from a couple of framework contractors and Reading Borough Council who had recently used the framework. Finally, news from ADEPT, whose Smart Places Live Labs programme places innovation at the heart of local highways. To be truly innovative can be difficult for a traditional sector, so Live Labs has published its sixth white paper setting out the skills, qualities and mindset needed for success. The two-year, £22.9 million Department for Transport funded project has always aimed to capture and share learning and development from the overall programme as well as from each trial. Skills for Innovation programmes is available from the ADEPT website with an accompanying blog. The other Live Labs blog this month from Thames Valley Berkshire also focused on learning as well as outcomes.
3: Highways Voices, the podcast
0: from highwaysnews.com. highwaysnews.com This is Highways Voices with our second podcast featuring some of the stars of Intertraffic and on the huge CAP stand
3: I caught up with VP of Demand Management Michael Gazner. We do connectivity because it's important, of course, but we, we try to go one step ahead, which is uh, focusing also, and this is what's happening in particular in my responsibility, what are the meaningful things that you are doing then, once you have established connectivity. And here is kind of a manifold use case, so we are really taking this buzzword managing traffic in the vehicle serious, and you may know that we have a quite a big project actually, kind of a pilot or rather a model project up and running, we are ramping this up at this point, uh, which is in the city of Vienna, which is where our headquarter is. So here we want to deploy a whole bunch of use cases to try to do exactly this, managing traffic in the vehicle. So, what could it be? To give you a few examples, uh, a very first use case is uh, is, is close up So, green light optimal speed advisory. So, you have a traveler app. It's on a smartphone or it's in dash, like it's 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 like in the, in the instrument cluster. It tells you what's the right, uh, and the proper cruising speed for the vehicle to hit the red signal on on green uh, or to avoid red signals. Or another one, this is what we call um, traffic signal adaptive routing. So current routers, they don't know what the signal is going to do, but as soon as they do know that, they can circumvent the red signals. So they follow a route that has a better green wave, kind of. And simulation results are very promising. Only by this individual measure, we would already cut travel times by 10%, figure that out. I mean, anybody using an app like this saves travel time 10%. Over a year for an individual, for road users, this is uh, mounting up to hours. I don't know, 20 hours, 30, 40 hours saved a year. Um, So we did the math for Vienna. In fact, so if any of the Viennese commuters use a traffic signal adaptive routing app, the economy of Vienna would save half a billion euros a year. So that's kind of in the avoided losses of time.
0: My friend Andy Graham, who is an expert on connected vehicles in the UK, gets very frustrated by the joining together of connected and autonomous vehicles. And he says that there's, what we should say, is connected and big pause autonomous vehicles, because connected vehicle technology is here now and making a difference it sounds very much like you would concur with that
3: yes I think kind of the potential of directing vehicles well has we have not even started tapping into so I'll give you another example load balance you may know that a kind of a state-of-the-art router usually when they identify like there's a road link that has a bit of a travel time left they would send all of the vehicles to that link. So what happens, the link is getting congested because what they don't know, what's the remaining capacity. They just see the travel time. So this is a flawed approach. And when in, in dense, under dense condition, this leads to a very, very lower than possible performance of such routing, of, of navigation systems. They even are making traffic worse, then uh, than they would make it better. This has to change. The vehicles have to be routed in a balanced way, that's why it's labeled uh, load balancing. They have to distribute it cleverly in the network and here we have a tremendous potential. cutting congestion by by half is within reach. As soon as you penetrate like 5% or so of the vehicles connected to the service kind of this might then also resolve what you were pointing to in your question really better orchestrating the routes that the vehicles are taking.
0: It's really interesting. So it's only a small uh, amount of vehicles that need to actually have this to make such a dramatic difference.
3: Exactly. And this is due to, and maybe, I mean, transportation scientists notice of course, it's an excess of maximum 8%, rather usually 5% of the vehicle. So a demand exceeding capacity that, con- that generates the congestion, that's the root cause for congestion in all, I would say, North America, European cities, maybe in India, maybe in Bangkok. It's a bit worse, like in countries like this. In, in the Western countries, managing 5% of the vehicles and congestion is gone. Michael Gasner of caps there and
0: we'll finish this podcast with a new name to Intertraffic, Vera Mobility, which has recently bought enforcement company Redflex. I spoke to SVP
7: Michael Tuca, who started by talking about the acquisition. In the United States, we had been uh, com- competitors with Redflex for many years and we had uh, operated in many of the same states, many uh, similar product solutions that we offered our clients and so there was great value in uh, kind of rolling up the industry in the, in the US, if you will, uh, where we had uh, uh, more clients that we could work with to offer more solutions. Uh, and so it really gave us some additional scale in the US. Uh, and we also had aspirations to grow globally, which we had done on our commercial side through some a series of acquisitions. And so it really represented a great opportunity with the footprint that Redflex had built up over the year uh, to immediately bring some of the same solutions to the international market.
0: And so tell me about those solutions.
7: Well there's many people know us for things like uh, red light and uh, speed enforcement, um, so at, 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 the, at the most basic level those were you know a couple of examples, but what was interesting for instance in speed is internationally there's different forms of speed. There's point to point speed, uh, which they don't uh, do that in the United States, but it's, it's proven to be very effective uh, around the globe at really eradicating speed and, and saving lives. And then there were also some things that were unique to Redflex, uh, a solution called Hadex, uh, which we were very interested in, which is variable speed. So on some motorways, whether it's because of traffic conditions or weather conditions, the speed changes uh, during during certain times of day. And so uh, Redflex had a a really solid solution for that that was uh, unique to the globe. And so we really were interested and attracted to that. And uh, some of the other things, many people think of the edge technology, the cameras and video cameras, but uh, uh, there was also, one of the things that we do is uh, a lot of back office processing through our smart city platforms. And so bringing together some of the technology from Redflex with what Vera had uh, to offer allowed us to create more capabilities for our clients in their back office.
0: And you're showing off all the Vera products here at InterTraffic. What, for those that don't know, else do you do other than obviously enforcement?
7: well one of the things we do is uh, uh, really tolling and fleet management services so we we uh, our model was we did a lot of that in the United States so for toll operators uh, there was a, a sometimes there's violations or sometimes there's fleets where they have drivers that they need to pay tolls and so we do a lot in terms of uh, managing tolls managing violations uh, l- rental car companies would be a great example most people when they rent a car if they're in an environment where there's uh, toll roads uh, the question is hey how do I handle that so we We do a whole lot in terms of managing devices for rental car companies, pairing up who is the driver at that moment um, and processing all the payments with the the renters. And so we do a lot of uh, just back office uh, work for for our partners in the the tolling and fleet management space. We do stuff around uh, vehicle registrations. Um, So again, just things that maybe people don't know us for, but but those are some examples.
0: And all those products, are they now available globally on the footprint that we knew for Redflex?
7: Well, uh, I would, uh, let's say for Europe, certainly. Uh, through a series of acquisitions, Vera Mobility acquired some companies that had some pieces of those services and some of those really vital relationships with uh, some of the tolling agencies or fleet operators. And so really what we did was we took the business model from the United States and then through some acquisitions, expanded that footprint uh, to about 20, uh, 20 different countries. And so that's, that's kind of our, our model. As, as we think about, uh, as a high growth uh, rate company, what are different pathways to growth? And sometimes we do that organically through new product development. Other times we do it through mergers and acquisitions. And so Redflex was a, an example of how an acquisition really helped to accelerate that. Much like on our commercial side, through a series of acquisitions, we you know built that that suite of capabilities uh, in europe
0: that's michael tooker of vera mobility rounding off a scratch of the surface of the huge inter-traffic show in amsterdam and it was as sarah summarized in the partner news great to be part of it that's just about it for this week's highways voices but before we go let's nip back to adrian to hear who's he's tipping his hat to this week in adrian's accolade
1: my accolade this week goes to shropshire council They've created a new dedicated fly tip response team that will take to the roads from the council looking to clamp down on unsightly illegal dumping of waste. The team will be out in about five days a week in a new fly tipping response vehicle, following up reports on fly tipping on public land and looking for cases that have yet to be reported. They will clear fly tips or arrange for them to be cleared and will also look to record evidence that will enable the offence to be identified and enforced. The use of smartphones will mean that information can be recorded and shared more quickly. And they're just some of the reasons why this team are worthy winners of my accolade this
0: week. Thanks, Adrian. And that's it for this week on Highways Voices. I hope that if you couldn't make it to Amsterdam, this little tour around the exhibition halls was interesting to you. I'll join you again next week for more Highways Voices. Highways Voices.
3: Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry.